Welcome to Quick Consult, the podcast that addresses the questions you were most likely to ask or should ask in a consultation with an estate planning attorney. Hi, welcome to Quick Consult. I'm your host, Sarah Josie, an estate planning attorney licensed to practice law in Virginia and North Carolina. So it is the season for charitable giving. You know, it's that time of year where you're maybe hearing the bells ringing when you go into the grocery store uh, so that you can make a donation to the Salvation Army. Uh, People are pulling together to give food to the food pantries. And really the community as a whole comes together to help those less fortunate. So it really is a special time of year. And that got me thinking about, you know, charitable giving specifically when it comes to estate planning. And if you are interested in charitable giving, you can make it part of your estate plan both during your lifetime um, and upon your death. So just a quick uh, note here, charitable giving is something that is very complicated or can be very complicated with estate planning. So I'm just going to touch on some high level points here. But it is important that, you know, you speak to your estate planning attorney about what assets you have in your estate and how to best use them to achieve your charitable goals. So uh, following that disclaimer, let's kind of jump into some points. So some clients come to me because they want to give to a charity simply because they are called to do so. It's just something that they want to do. They're not really uh, interested in any of the tax advantages that may be associated with it. Others have a similar calling. They do want to donate to charities, but also want to benefit from the tax advantages that charitable giving offers. So if you fall into the latter camp, let's talk about some of the tax benefits that you can receive from doing charitable giving. So as I mentioned before, you can receive tax benefits during your lifetime or upon your death when you do charitable giving. A lot of charitable giving is centered around larger estates that are subject to the federal estate tax. As a reminder, the federal estate tax exemption is very high right now in 2022. It's over $12 million per person. Even more than that, you can double that if you're married. It is going to come down to just over $6 million per person in 2026. Again, you can double that uh, if you're married. And when I say double that, if you're married, you want to talk to an estate planning attorney about how to properly do that. Um, but as you can see, these are these are really large numbers. So if you are someone who is fortunate enough to have to worry about the federal estate tax, uh, then there are some ways to use charitable giving to help reduce your taxable estate. And in addition to the federal estate tax, there are some states that still have a state estate tax. And those numbers are kind of all over the place, but typically they're going to apply to a lot more families, uh, you know, maybe a million, two million dollars. So something that's a little bit lower. And if you fall into that camp, you can also use charitable giving to reduce your state estate tax as well as your federal estate tax as well. So let's look first about gifting during your lifetime. So if you gift during your lifetime, the benefit there is that it can reduce your overall taxable income for the year. 
So it's not to say that, you know, if you donated $80,000, for example, that you're going to get that reduction of $80,000, but it will reduce your taxable income level by $80,000, which means overall, you may be paying less tax, you know, somewhere in the in the realm of, you know, $14,000, $15,000. Again, you'll want to talk to a CPA exactly about what those numbers would be for you. But it would reduce your overall taxable income for the year, which may be something that's important to some of the listeners. And then, of course, once that money is out of your estate, if you had any concerns about having a taxable estate, especially later in life when you're no longer earning income, um, that would be one way to reduce your estate, right? So if you make a large contribution to a charity, um, then obviously that money is not going to be in your estate when you pass away, and therefore you won't pay any tax on that. Uh, when you pass. So you get the the income reduction for that year, plus it's not going to be in your estate upon your death, and so you won't be taxed on it upon your death either. If you really want to focus just upon your death, um, you can do that as well. It, obviously, if you have an estate that is taxable, either at the federal or state level, by donating any amount that's um, really over the the limits there, you can avoid being taxed um, on on the amounts that you are donating to charity. Most of the time, this is achieved uh, through something called a charitable remainder trust. Now, charitable remainder trusts can be used during your lifetime or upon your death. They are somewhat complicated, so definitely if you decide to use a CRT, a charitable remainder trust, you're going to want to get the right professionals involved. An estate planning attorney who has some experience with CRTs is a great start. You'll also want to talk to a CPA as well just to ensure that you're including the right assets to receive the best tax benefits. So a couple of professionals should be involved when drafting a CRT, um, but these are the typical uh, vehicle that is used in order to do charitable giving. And again, very common for upon death, but also can be used during your lifetime as well. I'll save the discussion of CRTs um, and do a deeper dive into them on a separate podcast. Aside from going the trust route, there are other ways that you can take advantage of gifting certain tax-heavy assets. So what I mean by that are, you know, deferred retirement accounts such as IRAs, um, you know, or a traditional 401k would work as well here. When you have these accounts, they are a lot different than other assets that you may be inheriting. Uh, to your loved ones or your beneficiaries because the beneficiary here is actually responsible for the tax um, of the asset that they inherit. So most assets are inherited tax-free, which is um, a lovely benefit. So the, the government, the IRS, allows us to take advantage of a step-up in basis on a tax, or excuse me, on assets that are inherited. But the one exception here is going to be your tax-deferred retirement accounts. They're not going to allow you to get away without paying tax on that tax-free money. So if you want to... Um, take advantage of some tax benefits during your lifetime when it comes to IRAs, you can do so. 
If you're over 70 and a half, you can contribute up to $100,000 from your IRA directly to a charity and avoid paying income taxes on the distribution. Um, this is known as a qualified charitable distribution, and it also can reduce your taxable income for that year. So if you're someone who maybe, you know, lives off of 80000 a year, um, you know, you're over 70 and a half, and you're required to take out, you know, your required minimum distribution, you can instead donate that distribution um, and receive some significant tax benefits in doing so. Again, I would speak to a CPA about what tax benefits you would be receiving by doing a qualified charitable distribution. Upon your death, if you have um, an, an IRA that's higher, uh, has a higher net worth, or if you are thinking about doing charitable giving, it's always a good idea to look at that account for gifting to a charity. And the reason for that is because charities don't pay tax on the RMDs. So if you have a beneficiary who is in a higher tax bracket, maybe, um, and what that means is that when they take out their RMD from the inherited IRA, they are going to have to pay tax based off of their tax level. That IRA is not going to be valued at what you think it's valued at, right? So for example, let's say you have $500,000 in your IRA. Well, if you leave it to your beneficiary who's in a higher tax bracket, it's not really worth $500,000, right? Because you're looking at, you know, maybe a 37% tax hit um, on that IRA. But if you have a charitable intent and you want to gift $500,000 or even if it's $250,000 or whatever it is from that IRA and you leave that directly to the charity, that value is actually that value. That $500,000 is actually $500,000 because the charities do not have to pay that tax. So if you do have, if you are charitably inclined um, and you do want to leave a large sum, it is always a good idea to look to your retirement accounts to fulfill that bequest because it stretches out your estate, right? So that amount of money can actually mean that amount of money uh, where, and then you can leave your beneficiaries a different type of asset that is not burdened by these taxes. And you're, you're stretching out your estate maybe by 37%, right, um, in doing so. So that's a really good way to take advantage of a tax-heavy asset like an IRA, um, is to take advantage of either those distributions during your lifetime, the qualified charitable distribution, or to gift it upon your death to the charity. So as I mentioned before, um, speaking to a financial planner, a CPA, a, and an estate planning attorney regarding your lifetime and death gifting strategies is always recommended. There are a lot of moving parts, uh, but if it's done right, it could save you and your beneficiaries significant taxes and benefit your favorite charity. So you're able to uh, gift not just at Christmas time, not just during the holiday season, but uh, all year long or or upon your death for a very long time, especially if you leave you know, an endowment or something like that to your favorite charity. So I hope you found these tips helpful and that it gives you some good questions to ask your estate planning attorney. Until next time, I'm Sarah Josie, wishing you and your family all the best wishes in health and, of course, the best planning. Mm -hmm.
Thanks for listening. For more information, visit selectlawpartners.com. The information in this episode is provided for general informational purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. You understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host or any select law partner's attorneys. No information contained in this episode should be construed as legal advice from the host or select law partners, nor is it intended to be a substitute for legal counsel on any subject matter.